Well, we're going to start off this morning with Keith talking about some of the interesting moves that people have been making in the media business. Haven't caught up on that lately. The NAB has been doing an annual convention since 1923. The first one was in New York City, and the question we raise is, eh, does anybody really care anymore? The newest media behemoth is big, but is big, big enough to be big anymore? We ask that question and talk about it. Was that a little confusing for you, Keith? A little too big, I know. And the Heritage AM station tries to come back on the air, but doesn't make it this time around. Good morning. Welcome to Media Insultant. Media Insultant is uh, brought to you each Tuesday and Friday. And uh, we do this uh, this little chit-chat about everything going on with the media business, digital, radio, TV, even some print occasionally. I'm Jackson Weaver, typically in Seattle, but for the time being down in Coachella Valley. Keith Samuels, my co-host, is in Southern California, and we get together each Tuesday and Friday to banter about and talk about what's going on in the media business. And we welcome you now to the Friday, April 15th episode of Media Insultant. Keith, you know, while we're down here in the Coachella Valley in the desert, I wanted to spend a little time with a guy you and I both know whose name is Brad Furr. He now owns K-Gay Radio, which is an LGBTQ radio station, and he's building a remarkably successful radio station, but not on a format. He's really building it on a lifestyle. So a little tease for an episode coming up later this month when we're going to sit down with Brad and talk to him a little bit about what that's like and where the genius behind it came and how LGBTQ community has responded to K-Gay here in, in Palm Springs. Interestingly, Brad was just inducted to the Illinois Broadcasting Hall of Fame, which I think is great. That's just wow. fabulous. Good, good for him. I didn't know that either, so that's great. Now, that shall be later in April. We'll let you know, and uh, you and I will be uh, doing that interview, I think, with him in person uh, in his studios there at K-Gay. So... You know, very quietly last week, Keith, uh, Discovery Warner Brother deal closed. And it just always amazes me, a multi-billion dollar deal that, you know, everybody talks about and then it goes quiet and then, oh, yeah, we closed that last week. You know, it's like they went to the grocery store and they bought a supply of Cavanaugh Sauvignon. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just a very simple deal. This is a huge now single owner with uh, heritage brands like HBO CNN, HGTV, right. and of course the Warner Brothers film business. And they've got $50 million in revenue. So my question to you is, this is a huge company, and then you just combine uh, what Warner Brothers had with what Discovery had, some of the cable channels that Discovery has. You've got this behemoth, but are they big enough to take on people like Netflix, Disney, Apple? What's your thought? Uh, they're close. They really are close. I mean, obviously. Uh, by the way, I think I think it's fifty million slow, Jackson. I think it's probably fifty billion in revenue. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> A couple of zeros, and yeah, you're going to pick on that? You know, Come hey, on. It's like closing on that townhouse in La Quinta. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a massive it's a massive deal, and it's a big deal here in L.A. because this involves. Uh, a lot of management change too. So Discovery is based back east. I mean, they're 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 a, they're a, what is that? Washington D.C. Is that where Discovery is? I think so. I think so. Yeah. And, and you know Maryland, whatever surrounding D.C. somewhere. 
um, and Discovery has all those, you know, HGTV. They've got all those, you know, home improvement networks. They're they're a cable juggernaut. They're a content production machine. You know, they've got the Property Brothers. You know, they've got all these guys, right? They're they're a big deal, and and what they've done is they've taken over. Uh, you know the Warner part that was owned by AT&T. So the, the AT&T bought Warner, you know, a few years back, and just it just crushed them. They, they combining that technology company with the content genius of Warner just didn't make sense. But Discovery is a content company, and they've bought now they've bought Warner and they've closed on the deal as you said, and now almost the entire management team from Warner is leaving or has gone at the closing. And so this is, this is Discovery's show, literally and figuratively at this point. They're taking over running the studio. By the way, it's Warner Brothers movies and television. They do a ton of television work. You know, then you've got the HBOs and you've got CNNs, and, and they're going to they're gonna revamp CNN. They're gonna, the, the rumor is, is that they're going to fold CNN Plus up into some other, the other Discovery streaming service because of the struggles that CNN Plus is having in getting traction with subscribers. So this is, I think this, this creates a company under Discovery that really knows what it's doing in the content business and and I th- I think I think this this company is going to be a force. I think this is really going to be um, a, it's going to be a different type of management team that's going to take over Warner, um, and and they know what they're doing. They're not into the glamour. They're not into the Hollywood scene. These guys are into making frickin' money and making content people want to watch. So I, I, I this is this is going to be exciting. I think this is this this could be one of those marriages that makes sense in the media world where most haven't lately. That's a great observation, and I know AT&T uh, really stepped on their toes when they got into this side of the business. And you bring up a great question, though. It, I think they're bringing together a really good management team uh, on the discovery side, but the question is, how do you take two companies that large and blend them together with those those totally different legacy value systems? I think that's what's going to be as interesting as anything you see. And on CNN Plus, I I actually kind of like some of the idea behind CNN Plus, putting some of it behind the paywall, but their promotion on it has just been horrible. You know, they offer you a yeah. lifetime. Uh, we won't ever increase your fees. I don't. Why would I pay anything for it right now? It has no value to me. I don't see the value in any of this stuff. I mean, they are yeah, so. It, they're just. They're out of sync with how to get this thing marketed. But yeah, and, and that's I think for that's, another that, issue. But I think that's where Discovery is going to help because that was definitely, you know, Zucker's brainchild and, and, you know, kind of that ego play of getting into the subscription side of the business. And and these Discovery guys are really, really sharp. And, you know, I think they'll help HBO. I mean, that's right in their their Mm. wheelhouse. Exactly. Thank you. And so is CNN and HGTV and so forth. So this is this is that's their wheelhouse. The new thing to them is the movie studio, television studio and that business. And and you know I, I, that, I don't know that they, they're not they're, they're smart guys. They'll be able to figure that out and learn about what that's all about. You know, pretty soon because they're dealing with the same agents, they're dealing with the same talent, for the most part. Um, and and so you know, I, I think I think this is a, this might have some synergy that that's gonna that's gonna work. But you are seeing a lot of big, high-priced, senior studio management talent gone and on the street. And uh, the fact that they didn't retain a lot of these people that were senior, senior folks uh, tells me that either they were overrated 
or Discovery thinks they're smarter. The Discovery guys think they're smarter. So we'll, we'll see what we'll I guess we're going to watch because that's what we do at Media Insultant. We can't wait to point out when people screw up. <laughs> well, I think the other thing that uh, that's relevant in that is, you know, there, there isn't anything worse than acquiring a company and having the company you've acquired have everybody sit around and go, that's not how we do it. We didn't, we've yeah. never done it like that before. So regardless of their competence, it's that attitude that is so hard to, to get in line. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. And, you know, Keith, as Heritage uh, stations sometimes make an attempt at coming back on the air, but they don't. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Keith, in the meantime, a lot of stuff has been going on on the personnel side of things in the media business. What's the latest? Bring us up to speed. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I always like to keep track of who's getting hired and who's getting fired. And in this case, we got a little bit of both, plus a promotion that just happened as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that um, NBC has two television stations here in the market. They have KNBC, which is Channel 4, which is the typical NBC affiliate, but it's their flagship O&O NBC station in L.A., Channel 4, KNBC. I mean, it's in the freaking call letters. They also own the Telemundo affiliate uh, here, uh, KVEA, because they own Telemundo. So this week, Valerie Staub, who heads up the NBC station group, fired both general managers. She fired them both. They've both been there 10, 11 years. Gone, because she wants one person to run both stations. So why why fire both? Why wouldn't one be enough? And and I don't, I don't know. But uh, it just seems strange that, that okay, I'm going to fire both and hire one person. So I guess expense savings, who knows what's going to happen there. CBS, our friends at CBS, and Wendy McMahon, she made another hire for a GM in Baltimore. Guess what? It's a woman, and she was a news director at her prior job in Pittsburgh at KDKA in Pittsburgh. So men who are sales managers looking to grow into a GM job at CBS, ain't going to happen. Not in this (laughs) lifetime. So, you know, deal with it. Another good guy in radio, Chris Olivero, who who was the um, market manager for Odyssey, used to be a CBS guy, very successful CBS programming manager in New York. He's now the market manager for Odyssey in New York, and they promoted him to market president. Now, you wouldn't think that's a big deal, but I guess it is. He's gone from market manager to market president. And by the way, that's what Susan Larkin, who's the COO of Odyssey, that's her old job description. So she gave up that responsibility earlier this week to Chris, and now that's off her job description, so she can just go be the chief operating officer for Odyssey. And God knows, they've got some operational issues that she needs to go take care of, and we've talked about plenty of those. So good for Chris, and uh, okay, Susan, you got more time to go take care of some of these uh, train wrecks that are out there. And then finally, I wanted to say hats off to David uh, Santrella, who David's the head of Salem Media Group, the religious broadcaster, conservative talk radio broadcaster, Salem. And he had a situation in San Francisco where a longtime GM, a guy by the name of Mike Shields, retired. And Mike's one of these guys who's been in the business 50 years, been around a lot. And immediately upon announcing his retirement, Santrella thanks Mike Shields and immediately names Mike's replacement. A guy out of Portland who was the DOS there named Seagar Cannon or Cannon. And Seagar's in the same press release going to be moving to San Francisco to run the San Francisco cluster for Salem. 
you know, that makes a lot of sense, right? And then I compared that to the retirement of Bob Call, another 50-year radio vet, who was the general manager for Bonneville's radio stations in Denver. And he announced his retirement last October. We've talked about this endlessly. Does Scott Sutherland replace him upon his retirement at the end of January? No, he waits two more months to finally find a replacement five months after the announcement of the retirement to bring in Katie Reed from Jacksonville. So I'm going, if Centrella can do it, why couldn't Sutherland do it? So kudos to Centrella, and I'm still going to give you a hard time about this, Scott, because you know you could have done this deal like that. Anyway, but that's my, uh, that's my personnel uh, moves update for this week, and uh, you know we'll keep tracking on what people are doing uh, out there, uh, moving and grooving in media land. Well, and in an arena where it's hard to recruit people, um, it just always amazes me how some of these things come together, and that's why I'm glad we keep an eye on it. <laughs> hey, do you remember, we've talked about a couple of big AM radio stations that have signed off. They uh, either took up too much land, the land was sold, you know, whatever. So we've talked about these radio stations that have uh, heritage radio stations, and one of them recently we talked about was uh, the Emma station in Indianapolis, WFNI. And they went off the air here recently because their six-tower array, the land for that six-tower array, was sold. Uh, Hello. The land is worth more than the radio station was by a long shot. So, but there's a group uh, headed by the name, uh, by, by a guy by the name of Brian Walsh. And his group is called BBB, which stands for Blessed Beginnings Broadcasting. I'm not sure what that means, but well, we, uh, he we, has we, a couple of other. Yeah, we yeah, thought yeah. about that. We've thought about that name for ours, our company, but we decided no. We, we, we're too insulting to be to be blessed. So, but BBB uh, wanted to rejuvenate the signal, so right. they proposed building a new six tower array in a town of uh, Zionville. The thing was immediately kicked out. The the county zoning board and had they were people who petitioned against it. They immediately lost. So the question I raise is why would you want to do that? This guy well, has radio stations in Fort Wayne and other parts of Indiana. Yeah. He's presumably making some money. Think about the money it would take to put on six, just just to get six towers built. Well, and then you've got an AM station that nobody's listening to. Well, Why would you yeah, do that, well, Keith? Well, because you want to spread the word. And I mean that with a capital W. You know, it's, it's, the, it's, it's a cause. It's a, he wants to you know, share the, you know, the, the, the word of the Lord. You know, through BBB. I don't think so. They're, his other stations are not religious. Oh, really? His other stations are oldies, yes. Yeah, oh, well, then, then I read this completely differently. So this is not about religious broadcasting. It's just that he wants to be in radio, and that, that's, the, that's the group that would own it, which is really even crazier when you think about it because, <laughs> uh, you know, because, you know uh, WFNI, or the, or the 1070 frequency, and the broadcast facility in the tower array was owned by Emmis. Emmis is... You know, run by you know uh, Jeff Smullyan, Jeff and, and Richard Walsh. Those guys know what they're doing. They are professional, successful broadcasters until they decide to sell all their stations, or, or most of them, except Indianapolis. Most anyway. of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, th- you know, they're smart, and they went. You know what? Why do we need this AM and this property? Let's get the money from the property that the towers are sitting on, and we'll move the station and its format to FM. So. WFNI 1070 doesn't exist, but it does exist at like 93.5 and 102, 103 something five, right? It's on two FM signals in the market. So the station itself didn't go away. It's, right. it's, just, that, it's right. just that the AM did. Just the AM it's, went away. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
so and so and so so these people in Zionsville, uh, you know, are going. That's a great name, by the way, for for BBB to be involved in is Zionsville. <laughs> you know, we're going. Why do we want this tower thing? You know, and we're changing it from agriculture to commercial zoning. I, I don't know who advised this guy to think that he could probably get that done, but you know, an AM station takes up a the, the the transmitter, and you can explain this better than I can, Jackson. But a transmitter array, or even just a single stick for an AM station takes up a lot of property because you have the grounding system, the ground wiring, right, that's running out from this thing. I mean, it's you, you can put an FM antenna up on top of the big bank building in downtown Indianapolis and you're going to you're going to rock, right? But AM is different. It takes up a lot more property. Clearly, <laughs> the zoning folks went, "What?" <laughs> no, no. Well, and it's so funny because, you know, uh, that's never been an objection until maybe the last 15 years. At one time, it was a sign of progress and community involvement. And look, we have our own radio station. Not anymore. So we wish them lots of luck. But I think um, I think Brian Walsh uh, is probably, probably best to uh, just operating as Fort Wayne operation and not worrying about it. Okay, you and I have been to innumerable NAB convention shows over the years. And I'm not going to get into what it is and, you know, all the people that are there, 120,000 people at its peak. The question becomes that, you know, they're having the the next one later this month and they canceled the last two years. Is it still relevant? Do we need an annual convention of broadcasters? What do you think, Keith? Do guys with expense accounts who like to drink not want to go to Las Vegas for four days? I mean, it's it's catnip for broadcasters. I mean, you know, come on, our brethren, primarily our brethren, uh, but also the you know the people that are in broadcasting love going to the NAB. This show is a big deal, and now that the radio, the RAB, has combined its convention with the NAB, which used to be primarily a television convention, now it's a television and radio convention. You know. Is it, is it relevant? Is it something they have to go to? Is it something that can't be done virtually or, or done some other way that doesn't require you to go to Vegas? Of course. They proved it over the last couple of years. But all these guys have missed it. Come on. You can set up shop as a, as a, as a consultant in the bar between the Wynn Hotel and the Encore Hotel, right there off the casino, overlooking the pool, and, and, and schmooze your guts out for at least three days and make more contacts, make more deals, get more job offers, or interview more job candidates than you could in five years. It's, a, it's, it's the biggest schmooze fest ever for broadcasters. So yes, it's always gonna, they're going to find a way to make it relevant. Should it still be? The it's guys inevitable. have to go. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's do inevitable. they ever do they ever walk the exhibition floor over at the convention center, which by the way is freaking spectacular because the the you know the, all the hardware and broadcasting is so fun to look with and tinker around with. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sober up in time to go to Matt Sunshine's How to Interview Salespeople More Effectively. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stay well, at the bar and and flag down uh, David Field or Bob Pittman or you know. Uh, uh, Susan Larkin, you know, all your buddies at Alpha. Bill, hey, there goes Bill Wilson from Town Square. There's Eric Hellum. You know, that's all you need to do. You just sat there and you just sit there and flag everybody down. It's it's awesome. 
Well, I think everybody loves the FaceTime, you know, and, and broadcasters are as bad as any group I know of in terms of loving FaceTime. So I, I, I agree with you. I think they could probably cancel the exhibition, cancel most of the, uh, most of the sales training and the, and the seminars and the sessions and just say, hey, let's get together for four days. There's an open bar at both ends of the convention center, and you know everybody have a have a great time. And and you know that's where the that's where the real value of these things comes in, at least in my experience. So, <laughs> and you know the the other thing that's changed a lot is it used to be you'd you know you'd go to if you were a vendor you'd go because there were so many radio and TV stations you could sell to, and consolidation has brought it down to where you know you're you've got 10, 15, 20 customers maybe. So why go to, it was different when you had a thousand customers, you got 20 customers in TV today. In radio, you've got a few more, but not a lot more. So yeah, there's and, a lot you know, less bad. Yeah, and, it, and it used to, there's a certain international element to the NAB as well. There are people coming in from all over the world for this show. Great But point. then again, this consolidation of broadcasting, both, both audio and television, audio and video, has happened internationally as well. So, you know, it's, it, you know the same thing has happened in Europe and Australia and everywhere else. That it used to be everybody was fractionalized, and now it's you know one or two guys making all the decisions. So, yeah, you're right. It's 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 we've probably consolidated our way out of uh, needing to needing to go to Vegas. But you know what? They're still going to go. They're still going right. to have it. That's and right. by the way, and who wouldn't want to miss Byron Allen's candid and informative conversation with Gordon Smith? That's worth <laughs> the price of admission, right there. Just all right, saying. Keith. Well, the the director. <laughs> The director is yelling, wrap it up, boys. <laughs> We're over limit by a long time. Uh, so we will until next week. Each Tuesday and Friday, we, we drop a new episode of Media Insultant on your favorite podcast platform. Or if you prefer the video, we're on Vimeo under the Media Insultant Showcase. Uh, we are a production of InTown Media, an interim broadcast management firm. Keith. Looking forward to next week for a little bit more repartee with you. Until then, you have a good weekend, buddy. Yeah, have a great weekend in the desert, Jackson. Remember the sunscreen. <laughs>